it like it's about people like it's not about accomplishments or various tasks that come with leadership or not about me but it, it's about the people that you're leading i think the biggest thing that failure does is it forces you to really decide like is this what i want to do Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Thrive, where we get answers from top leaders, fathers, mothers, coaches, preachers, and teachers in all walks of life and the actions they took to take practical knowledge and turn it into applicable wisdom. Today, we are interviewing the Neil Young, who is the head coach at Covenant College. Um, he used to be the coach at Goshen College, correct? That is correct. And then now you're in your fourth year at Covenant? Yeah, just finished my fourth season. Awesome. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you got to, I'm kind of jealous because you, you live in Tennessee and that's one of my favorite, man, I, I really want to move to Tennessee. So tell everyone how you got there from Goshen and kind of your role and uh, how you got to where you are in, in coaching and in life. Absolutely. Well, first I got to say, I, uh, I don't think most people listening would say that I am the Neil Young. I, I think they would say I am a Neil Young and the Neil Young is probably a little bit more handy with the guitar and the microphone, but uh, certainly uh, it's nice when you sh when you have like the name of a, a famous person, which he's more famous to like my parents. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's a little it, it's kind of stinks because everybody then remembers your name, and so it just puts all that pressure to re you got to remember you better be on point with other people's names because like they're gonna remember your name because you you share Absolutely. with a celebrity so. I've been, it's, it's, I, I had to learn that for sure. Uh -huh. But, uh, but yeah, so live in Tennessee, uh, with my wife and our three kids, my wife's name's Maggie. She's awesome. Um, and then my three kids, so Brooks is five about to turn six. Finley is three about to turn four. And then Sloan is one about to turn two. So I, uh, I like to joke with people that I leave my job and then I go home for work because it is wild right now at the young household but it's a lot of fun um so yeah we live just outside chattanooga right at the foot of lookout mountain covenant is actually technically in georgia um but it, uh, the state line kind of splits the mountain in half um so we live in chattanooga and you're right it's a great place to live uh it's i mean it's one of the best outdoor you know cities areas in the country a lot of hiking a lot of rock climbing a lot of you know fishing all those types of things we're you know, camping, we're slowly starting to, to get into all that, you know, being a basketball coach, like, right. You're like, I'm an indoor guy, you know, mm -hmm. um, but we're, we're, we're trying to take advantage of, of what we got, but yeah, started my, my coaching career actually when I was in college. So I knew I always wanted to be a coach. I played at Anderson university. I was uh, not a good player, I think is a kind way of saying it. Um, and I got to my, my senior year and you know, my coach just kind of sat me down and he was just like, hey, you're not playing for us. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, you're right. And he was like, but, you know, if you want to coach, like you should think about maybe doing that your last year. And it ended up being a really good thing. So I coached the freshman uh, freshman boys basketball team at Anderson Highland High School, which is not even a high school anymore. Um, and it was a varsity assistant. And then did, after that, after I graduated, just started just calling and emailing everybody you can imagine just trying to get a job because I knew I wanted to coach in college um I didn't I didn't care where I didn't care what level I just wanted to get in the door um because I, I felt like if I could if I could just get in the door to figure out a way to make it work I got two phone calls 
I probably, I mean, I bet hundreds of coaches got emails and calls from me. I got two, actually three return calls, believe it or not. So the first one may surprise people. So Matt Painter from Purdue actually called me back. He called me at like 1130 at night. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, who's calling me at 1130 at night? And I answer the phone. I had left in the voicemail. I, I, was, I didn't know how to get a job. I just called mm-hmm. people and left messages. Yeah. And he said, hey, Neil, this is Matt Painter from Purdue. And I'm sitting here thinking, holy crap, like I'm about to get a job at Purdue. Like, this is going to be sweet. And he was just like, no, I got your message and I wanted to call you back. And he basically just said, you know, I don't have anything, but like I was in your position, kind of here's what I did. Like, here's my advice. Wish you all the best. And I remember right before we got off the phone, I said, coach, let me ask you one question. I said, why are you calling me back at like 1130 midnight? I said, like, is that like a thing? And he goes, to be honest, like, this is, this is when I can get work done. He said, I come into the office at like this time because nobody else is around and I can just like get, I can like do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never forgot that a, just because I was like, man, like that's what it takes at that level to an extent and B, just like, like, that's crazy that Matt Painter would call just a nobody kid back <laughs> just because he left him a voicemail. Yeah. And I've always that's just insane. had like the utmost respect for, for coach painter ever since then um and just have always followed him and wished him well and obviously he's done a lot of really good things since then but anyways the the other two schools that called me back were goshen and defiance so i interviewed at goshen and defiance um ended up getting the job at goshen was an assistant there for three years and then went and was a graduate assistant at lewis university in chicago for two years and then the guy who hired me at Goshen, ended up getting out of coaching and got into athletic administration at a local high school. The AD was still there. We had a really good relationship. So I was looking for a job. He had a job. Um, you know, was, was fortunate enough to, to be able to get that job. Um, was there for four years. And then uh, the AD at Covenant got my name from some people, ended up connecting with me because they had an opening. It was really late in the summer, actually, really late. Um, I didn't think I was, I mean, I, I was fully intended to go back to Goshen. Um, and we just hit it off, um, came down. He called me on a Friday or I think it was, you know, he called me on, uh, Wednesday. He called me on, I don't know. The timeline doesn't matter. Nobody cares anyway. So he ended up coming down to Goshen, um, and have been here for four years and love it down here. That's awesome. I was going to say nothing against Goshen, but if you got to live in Indiana, Compared to Tennessee, that's that's a no-brainer for me, but that's a really cool opportunity. And then I got two other thoughts. That's also cool that uh, my girlfriend's name is Maggie, so I'm with you on on nice. and cool people named Maggie. And then great name, great name. And then the question I have being from Colorado is: your guys is getting into camping? Is that RV like in the trailer? Or is that like tent sleeping bag? Because there's a difference, huge difference. So obviously RV camping. I mean, that requires a little bit more financial disposable income. Yeah. So we're not there yet. Okay. We're not there yet. I would love to be an RV guy. Really? Like I, would, I, I love the idea of getting in an RV with my family and going on a road trip for a week. I think that would be awesome. But right now, like we're, we're, we're tent camping it up. And when I say just getting into it, I mean, like we camped one time last summer in the backyard and this summer we've got a camping trip planned, like with some friends and it's going to uh-huh. be like our first, like, so we're going to try to do a couple more backyard camps. 
You know what I mean? Got to get yeah. it going. I'm still not even positive that my tent is waterproof. So we got to test that out a little bit. So we're, I mean, we're, we're very new, but I love the idea of camping. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, cause my family being in Colorado, we're all tent being cold, sleeping bag, all this stuff. And then my oh, mom yeah. is, is the one that likes to be warm. So she, so we always say that if we ever get an RV or just a trailer, my mom will sleep in the trailer and then we'll, the three boys will sleep in the, in the tent right outside the trailer. So as long as mom's comfortable and warm, all 100%. of our lives will be easier. What also, it sounds like your mom, like most moms, is the smartest person. in the family. That's absolutely correct. Yes. 100%. Yeah, good for her. Awesome. Yeah. So the reason um, I do this podcast is to get your wisdom and insight. And so it's cool to get your uh, travels around um, just the United States or the globe or wherever you've been and kind of the leadership experiences and just the experience you've had to try to uh, get insight onto how I can live a better life and the people listening can get a better life. So I'm going to start with number one. What is the greatest leadership lesson you've ever learned? Man, you just get right into it. I mean, there's no like runway here. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest leadership lesson I've ever learned. Um, I think, I think it's a, what I would say is it's a lesson that I have to continually relearn, but it is without question what I would say the, the greatest lesson. And that is it's like, it's about people. Like, it's not about, it's not about like accomplishments or the, the, the various tasks that come with leadership or, you know, it's not about me. I mean, that's the one I got to obviously get over pretty much every day. Um, but it, it's about the people that you're leading. And if you can, if you can figure out a way as a leader to consistently love and serve the people you lead and set them up for success um, and, and really, really, really have their best interests at heart, then I think your organization is at, at minimum going to be successful in certain areas that I would say have like eternal significance or are really, really important. You know, as a basketball mm -hmm. coach, you may do that and not, you may not win every game. You may not win this. You may not win that. You may not do, but like, there are also a lot of things outside of our control as leaders. And so just making it about the people that you lead. I think that is anytime I get kind of, you know, like out of sorts, not, I'd say 90% of the time it has to do with the fact that I've kind of forgotten that I, I really got to continue to plug into God and his word, or I've forgotten to make it about the people that I'm leading one of those. Mm -hmm. things. So yeah, that's probably what I would say. That's cool. Cause it's kind of coincidence. Cause it's cool to see all these different people that I interview and how far I can get with, cause you all have different leadership uh, lessons that you each learned. And so mm -hmm. I was reading from, it was a Chick-fil-A podcast or a book. And it was like, since I'm a business major, I'm going to go into business. So it's different occupations, but it kind of transfers through out the occupations of the quote was don't use the people as a way to grow the business. Use the business as a way to grow the people. Mm. And so yeah. that was, that just reminded me of that, of it's kind of all about the people that uh, you surround yourself with. So that's a, that's a really good leadership lesson. Yeah. Well, any, anything you can learn from Chick-fil-A is probably dead on. <laughs> Absolutely. Are, they, they know what they're doing. They got it rolling. Absolutely. So number two, what books have you read that every leader should read? Mm. Um, so I would say Good to Great 
is probably by by Jim Collins. That's probably my favorite, just like book, you know, secular type book. Just it offered. I felt like I got so much practical knowledge and wisdom from reading that book. I probably read it, you know, I've read it multiple times. It's kind of I've got like a rotation. I've got certain books that I'll read uh, regularly, mm-hmm. um, you know, every few years, just because I just think they're that good. That's one of them. Um, Wild at Heart was a by a, a guy named John Eldridge was a book that kind of changed my life in in uh, when I was in college. And it's not a leadership book by any stretch, but it's a book that just kind of exposed me to how important it is just to like have a vision for your life and to have things that you're willing to fight for, um, which are obviously you can make, you can draw parallels to leadership in that. So that was a book that was, was highly influential to me. The book, the book mindset by Carol Dweck. Wonderful book. I mean, you talk about just like practical stuff. That is a book that I read for the, I was late to the party on that book. I read that book last summer during quarantine. And that is with, I mean, I'm going to read it again this summer. It's just one of those books where it's like, man, like this is just really good. Mm -hmm. There's a book by a guy named David Allen called getting things done. And it's like super, super foot on the ground, practical, like in the weeds in terms of like setting up systems for yourself to actually be productive and efficient. So I, I would argue that it's it's an incredibly boring book for mm-hmm. most people. It's mm-hmm. not like entertaining by any stretch, but it was really helpful just because when I started getting into coaching and the older you get, the more kind of responsibility you have and the more things you have to do, the more it become the more important it becomes to just be efficient. And that book really helped me kind of open my eyes to just how important it is to just kind of develop these systems. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can kind of hold to. And, and that, those are things that are kind of always in, in development, um, I, I think. But it, it, was a, it was a really good start. Um, I would say that the last one I would say, and I love reading. So the answer you get to this question probably just depends on like when you ask me. Um, mm-hmm. But The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, I really enjoyed that book. Um, just because it really challenged me just to, to implement, to make prayer a part of my leadership, you know, lead by praying, lead by listening to really kind of start with prayer. There's kind of a saying that I like to use, like, what if, what if you viewed prayer as the most productive thing you could do as a leader? Um, And I think if we viewed it that way as Christian leaders, obviously not everybody who listens to this maybe may fall into that category and that's okay. Um, But you know, as a Christian leader, like if I viewed prayer as the most productive thing I could do, I would probably tend to start there more, um, which I think is, is just, it's always a good thing. Um, yeah, those I have, would be some books that, that yeah, that, that really stand I have out. all of those on my list, except the circle maker. I mean, I haven't, I think I've heard of that. I love Mark Batterson. He, uh, that was the first when I started reading just reading for fun. My dad used to pay me $5 if I read a leadership book. So like John Maxwell stuff when I was like yeah. 10, get off the video games, play, uh, read a book. So he paid me $5, yeah. read a book. And I, re- I wish I could have went back and capitalized. I would have made some money on that. But then you learn that it's not about the money. But that, I started with Mark Batterson and uh, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. But 
that he has one that chased a line that coach Rowe had mm-hmm. us read uh, last summer, but good yeah, to great is in my, is in my top 10. It is, it is really good. It is one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get paid per book, you got to get, get into those like John Gordon books. You know what I mean? You can, you can fly through those bad boys in like I, a day. He gave me the little John Maxwell ones that were like attitude one-on-one. And at that point, John Maxwell was way over my head. Yeah. Being 12. And so I definitely need to start with John Gordon, but that's, yeah, I should have started with that. But now I just read because it's the right thing to do and I, I need to learn. So yeah, that's what I guess it's, that's it's what a, reading does. The great habit to get into. I'm reading two books right now that I, that are really, really good too. I'm not finished with them. One is called strengthening the soul of your leadership by, uh, uh I think it's hate Haley, Ruth Barton or Ruth Haley Barton. Um, and then every good endeavor, by Tim Keller, which is about just integrating faith to your work. Those are just those are mm-hmm. really good books right now. So it's yeah, that my, my list changes every summer, which is probably how you want it to be. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, you, you, there's there's just so many good ones out there. Mm-hmm. So another question off that I'm kind of going off because I can. But do you? I mean, I'm an avid book reader too. Do you? I'm kind of switching back and forth. Do you read? Try to expand your reading by reading like as many different books just to see kind of what's out there. Ooh, this is my new favorite. Or do you pick like, I have a top seven right now. And now I'm thinking about just going through those like one a month and kind of digging deep. So do you broadly learn or do you kind of intentionally dig with the ones that you know are your favorites? Because I've heard like, Oh, find 20 good books and then just dig into those deep or broadly with a hundred. Cause what's your yeah. approach on that? I think it's probably a little of both to me. Like I, I always like the main reason that I read because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not in school anymore. Like I'm choosing to read. And mm-hmm. so like, I, I want, you know, it's something that I want to do for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to continue to choose to read if it ever becomes like a, if it ever becomes a grind. So reading to me is fun. I mm-hmm. enjoy it. I enjoy learning. So if I, if I just, if I feel a little stale, then yeah, I'm going to branch out and I'm going to, I'm going to read something new. Um, but yeah, but if I'm just like, man, like I really need a refresher in this, that, or whatever, then I'm probably going to go back to old, you know, one of my old faithfuls. But I do think there's, there's danger in over consuming content and kind of always staying at the knowledge level and never really kind of really thinking through how to apply that knowledge and how to, how to actually have it to affect who you are and how you lead because you're always just consuming, 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 consuming. And so I, I think you're, you're wise certainly to, to have that on your mind and kind of think through that and make sure you're not, you're somebody who kind of is always working towards a depth as opposed to just like consuming, consuming, consuming. For mm-hmm. sure. That's really good. So kind of off that number three is what are you learning right now? Right now, um, I'm learning about some holes in my own leadership. Um, I mean, I think if you have holes in your leadership, or I shouldn't say if you have holes, everybody does. But if you are interested in figuring out what those holes are, this past year exposed them um, with, with COVID and with the uncertainty and with with everything that was going on. And so, you know, for me, it's, you know, one of the things I've learned about leadership is, and, and this, this could come off sounding kind of arrogant, and I hope that's not the case, but like 
the higher you go in an organization. So like I'm a head coach, right? So I'm, I'm certainly not the most important person at Covenant College by any stretch, but I am a head coach. I've kind of grown in my, my career over the, the past decade. And what I found is the harder, the higher you kind of go or the more you grow or whether it's title or influence or whatever, the harder it is to get real honest feedback from people that you that actually like kind of see you work every day and would be in a position to kind of speak to those holes. That's really difficult to do. And so, you know, I've, I've tried to make it a point to, to really reflect and try to figure out what those holes are. And man, like this, this past year, it, it kind of exposed some stuff um, in my own leadership and things that if, if we're going to take this program to another level, and if I'm just going to be able to lead my, my team and my family more effectively, just those, those holes got to get filled up, you know, and, you know, one of those is just the, the importance of longer term planning. Um, you know, so like, I've, I've always been a guy that's kind of used the off season to grow personally. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's been helpful to me, but I'm at a point now where I need to be using the off season, not only to grow, but then also to, to really develop detailed plans for the upcoming year mm -hmm. and systems or whatever. So I can, so basically that the day to day aspect of leadership doesn't require as much time because I've got some, some, things already planned and I'm able to take that time and dedicate it more to the individuals that I lead. And mm -hmm. so that's something that I'm learning right now and that I'm really kind of getting into the weeds on. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's never fun to, to realize that you stink at something, but once you kind of get over the, the, the pride being mm -hmm. shot, mm -hmm. then you can really kind of get into improving on things that really matter. So that I, I'm excited to improve in that regard this year, hopefully. That's really good. Ask yourself, what are the holes in your leadership look like? And mm. it's kind of hard if you don't, it's kind of hard to get them from someone, someone to tell you what they are, but it's almost self-discovery in a way, um, which comes from a, a, a increased level of awareness, I think. But so then how has failure impacted your life and leadership? Um, well, I've experienced a lot of it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing that failure does is it forces you to really decide, like, is this what I want to do? Um, I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie. So like when I, when I first got into coaching, like my first three years of coaching were rough, um, as an assistant, we weren't great. And then my first year as a head coach at Goshen, we were really bad. We were five and 25 and we weren't even, we were just okay. The next year we were 15 and 15 in the regular season. Um, and then my last year there, we were bad. Um, and so like failure to me has, has really helped me to clarify the fact that, that I actually do want to do what I'm doing, but it's also helped me to clarify why I do it. Um, and, and so that's, that's been a big thing. And it's, it's, it's kept me, I mean, there are probably people that would argue with this, but it's, I would, it's kept me like certainly more humble than if like, look, what Gonzaga's doing this year is great. And like, but like, I'm not sure I'm personally at a place as a leader where I could handle 
literally winning every single game Mm -hmm. and not have that like get to me in a negative way. I I think in a lot of ways, success is harder to handle than failure. Mm -hmm. Failure is just like, it's annoying. So it seems worse, but I think success, man, brings about a lot more challenges than failure because I mean, you fail, you, you, you basically only have two options, but you just, you just quit or you just kind of get back up and try again. But with success, I think comes a whole lot of other dynamics, but, but yeah, failure has definitely kind of helped clarify and, and really strengthen my resolve in terms of, yeah, this is what I want to do for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is kind of why I want to do it. You ever heard of, have you ever watched uh, when the game stands tall about the De La Salle football team? I have. Yeah. I've read that the book. Reminds too, me that, of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's bit. a book that's really good. I'm, I'm not going to be that guy and say the book was better. <laughs> so I'm just not going to say it, but there is also <laughs> a book um, mm-hmm. that goes into certainly a lot more detail than a movie can. That's sure. just what you said, kind of success being harder to handle. That just reminded me of that a little bit. I'm kind of an example yeah. of to show that book. Number five, kind of shifting gears. Um, this is kind of a broad question, so just take in mind that going in. But what have you done that I should do? Um, well, I, I, I don't know where you're at from a faith standpoint. I can certainly make some, make some assumptions based on the fact that you attend Mount Vernon. Um, but I think there's no doubt in my mind that the most important thing that I've ever done is develop the habit of a regular like regular time in the morning of like silence and solitude and getting in the word that is without question. I think that, and then the other one's a little trivial that and regular exercise, I think are the two things that keep me from just being terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a book called seven men by Eric Metaxas. Um, he's actually got another a sequel to that book called Seven More Men that I have not read. But when I read that book, it was just like brief biographies of seven different men who've had who just had an unbelievable impact on God's kingdom over the course of their life. And I read it and I just kind of re- hit it just hit me that the one thing they all had in common was that they all made it a point to get with God every day. And, you know, I, I, I try as much as I can to do that in the mornings that's kind of when I'm alert and awake. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, Matt Painter makes phone calls at 1130. Like to me, it's like my preference would be to do it at 536 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think if you have, if you don't have that habit established, then I think you have to establish that habit because that is the one habit that I think pretty much all of my growth as a leader and as a man has kind of flowed from that habit or, or, or at least a very, very high percentage. That's really good. I kind of, I'll have a question later about that, but that um, I've read, I'd read a book called uh, that I brought up multiple times was called the ruthless elimination of hurry. You should mm-hmm. definitely yeah, read, I read it. That too. Did you read that? I, I, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. It's one of my favorites. It's, I, it's funny how different books strike different people, but kind of talking about the solitude and that, and the simplicity of elimination, eliminating hurry in our technological world is, is kind of yeah. remind me of that's really good. There's Which, a less popular book that I actually like a little bit more called the power of less. 
Um, it's, that's it's on my list. Named, oh, yeah, it is. I yeah. saw that. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. That's awesome. The power of. I don't love. think it's as popular as that, or at least it's not as like in, it's like in right now as that book is. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, that book is. Uh, that book was. I thought it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was cool because after reading that, it's like, yeah, I need to. I need to start structuring my Sundays differently to kind of recover and kind of have this because it's kind of hard. I mean, you can say college, oh, you can get up and read and do this and exercise, but it's just weird because every day is different, especially with basketball. You're all over the place. And so it'll be cool in a couple of weeks to get a job and kind of have a, a routine because I haven't really had a routine the last three years in college and then moving states well, you're playing for, that. for Coach Rone. I mean, he's you know what I mean? I mean come on like he's, you never know he's gonna make it you never know right i mean he's no i'm, I'm joking he's yeah. jared's probably one of the most consistent people in that i've ever met um, absolutely but especially with covid this year and everything so it'll be cool to yeah. kind of because i want to implement that of getting up in the morning and having solitude and kind of working out and so it just it was kind of hard this past couple of years not to use that as an excuse but um i've you're not the first to say that of kind of that alone time but i'm i kind of can't wait to start that once i get a routine but Next one to kind of go off that too. Where have you gone that I should go? Well, I've been to Ruth's Chris multiple times. Steak restaurant. I know you're thinking places, but I'm thinking food right now. Like, you know, the older you get, the more you got to expand your food horizon. So I've been to mm-hmm. Ruth's Chris a couple times, anniversary meals with my wife. Like, you got to go there. There's no doubt about it. Um, if, if you like steak. Oh, I love like steak. steak. Yeah, well, there you go. You got to go there. You got to go to Hattie. Chris. Ruth, Ruth, Chris. Ruth, Chris. Okay. Ruth's Chris. It's like okay. Ruth's, like with an apostrophe. Right? Have you not? Have you never heard of Ruth? I've never heard of Ruth, Chris. Ruth's Man, Chris. We, we should have been. We, wow. I'm I'm glad you asked this question because um, that's that's something that you need to experience. I mean, it sounds like you've got a girlfriend. It sounds like you guys are pretty serious. Like, you know, next time we, I mean. You save up a little money, and you're about to graduate. Get a paycheck. Go some. That's a great place to celebrate. Ruth, great place, to Chris. Celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you you need to go there. Um, you know, you talk about love in Tennessee, and that being a state that you like. Next time you come to Tennessee, Nashville area, you got to go to a place called Hattie B's. Hattie okay. B's hot chicken. It's a great spot. Um, those are those are a couple of restaurants that I would highly recommend. There's a lot of other restaurants that I would like to be able to recommend, but I haven't been there myself yet. So I can't I can't quite do it. I mean, I lived in Chicago for two years. You can't go wrong with any of the Chicago deep dish places. I mean, if I've you been, haven't had Chicago deep dish, you got to do it. Have been there. We went there for uh, a trip for our basketball team. We went there for a tournament, and we of course had to have it. And it's I'm lactose intolerant, but I didn't care and we had yeah, to suffer through and i suffered through that let me tell you it was amazing <laughs> I'm, I'm glad i'm glad i'm sure your teammates probably suffered a little bit too after that meal well after um, but i mean during yeah. it was just yeah it was a, a struggle to just eat that huge yeah. deep dish peaches so yeah that's awesome um man as far as other places i'm trying to think um you know to me it's like where you go kind of all depends on who you're with how, how awesome it is. And yeah. so like I went to, I went to, to England one time to on a recruiting trip and it was great, but I went by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, yeah. the whole time I'm just sitting here thinking, man, I wish my wife was here. Like this would be awesome. 
Um, you know, I, I went on a cruise one time. I've been on a cruise, which I think I, I actually loved it. I thought it was great. I think it's the cheapest way to see the world mm-hmm. um, is to go on some cruises. I went to Russia with athletes in action when I was in college with a team. But again, it was like I was with a, just a group of guys and it was just awesome yeah. uh, because of that. And I've got friendships because of that. Um, and so, yeah, to me, like, I don't think it matters where you go, as long as you go with great people, like you're going to, you're going to enjoy it and it's going to be awesome, but you got to go to Ruth's Chris. You have to go there for <laughs> sure. Take your girlfriend there. It's going to be great. It's added on the bucket list. It's already on there now. Love awesome. it. And she, she loves hamburgers and steaks. So she'll be happy too. Great. Well, you, you don't, don't go to Ruth's Chris and get anything but steak. Oh, you can't. You can't do that. Can't. They've got it on the menu, but it's just a test. Like don't do yep. it. You can't. You can't go to a chicken place and get a salad. You can't. Yeah. Weird people, man. Good. Number seven. What are three truths that appear evident in your life? Three truths that appear evident in my life. Um, I would say. I hope. (laughs) I hope that, that it would appear evident in my life that, that I, uh, I love God um, and I try to live in a way that honors him um, as much as possible. I love my wife. Um, I certainly hope that is very evident in my wife or in my life. Um, And then the third one, I think it would be that I have a a passion for what I do Um, and it, it, it matters. And I think, you know, the, as coaches, what you, what you get, the things you get an opportunity to do with your players. And those are, those are a, a huge, huge deal. So yeah, those are, those are three things that I would say I, I certainly hope are evident in my life. That's awesome. And then the last one for the regular eight questions is if there's one piece of advice you could give my generation, what would it be? One piece of advice I could give your generation, man. I don't know if I'm in a position to give advice to a generation, right? Um, let's see. So, how, so you're you're about to graduate. You're what? 22. 21. Well, you're 21, yeah, because you got done in three years. Um, I would say, speaking of getting done in three years, I would say slow down. Um, I would say slow down. Um, your your generation has grown up with the ability to have things at the touch of a button, um, mm. which I'm not saying is a bad thing at all, but I just think there's like life, life is more art than science. Um, and when you, when you grow, when you grow up just completely inundated with technology, it can seem like there's like a science to life. And it's just like every, you know, bigger is better, faster is better, more is better. Um, but man, in my experience, there's, there's kind of an art to, to living life and it's, there's different, paces for different times and you know i think as i observe people just the older i get the more you observe the more you see the people that like a lot of people crash and burn and crash and burn looks differently for a lot of people you know you see you see marriages and you see you know people you know like like pat like well-known pastors you know have you know downfall with scandal you you see you just see kind of like crashing and burning a lot and when you really get into it, when you get into the weeds of like what happened there, I think a lot of times you just see this like refusal to slow down 
Um, Mm -hmm. you know, slow isn't always bad. Less isn't always worse, you know, bigger isn't always better. And so, you know, you see that with, with the life of Jesus in, in scripture, he just kind of had this pattern where he would like engage and withdraw, engage and withdraw. Um, and he just never, he he never seemed like he was in a hurry, um, Mm. for the most part. Um, and so I, I think there's, there's something to that, you know, there's something to, just the idea of being able to slow down for periods of time and, you know, what happens when you slow down, shoot, I don't know, but I just think there's something there. Um, you know, we don't, we don't always have to be productive in the sense of the word of like getting things done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a wonderful piece of advice. That's, that's good for my stage of life and anyone in my stage of life. Cause kind of looking for a job. I was another Chick-fil-A references like, uh, 21 year olds and people graduate want to make as much money as possible in the quickest way possible and retire as quickly as possible. It's kind of flipping that of, no, you got to find a job you don't want to retire from and kind of working on getting better, not getting bigger in those certain ways. And so I'm kind of trying to flip the perspective and mindset of not trying to just, Oh, quickly get through it, but kind of slowing down to enjoy the process. That's a, that quote you said might be the title of the podcast. We'll never know. I'll have to figure it out. But what you said, life is more of an art than it is a science. Uh, yeah, I think there's more art to science when it comes to like really like fl- like flourishing in life, for sure. That's really good. I haven't heard that one before. That's really good. I like That's it. from my guy, John Tyson, my favorite pastor. Mm. I might um, request access to steal that. Yeah, he's got a book called The Burden is Light that I can't believe I forgot to mention. That's definitely in my top five. I love that book. The Burden is Light. The Burden is Light. Yeah. Awesome. So that ends the eight main questions. So now we're going to lightning round um, right off the top of your head. I got three of them for you. If you could put a quote on a billboard for everyone to read, what would it say? Mm. God's good, but he's not safe. Why would it be that? Because I think that's the Christian life, right? Like God is good and you can trust him with your life. But if you get into it thinking you're getting into it for a life of comfort and ease, like it's not going to work. Like Mm -hmm. that's not what it is. You know what I mean? Like God is good and you can trust him, but like buckle up, you know what I mean? Cause like, Mm -hmm. he's going to take you on. If you truly surrender to him, like, like there's going to be some stuff and, I mean, he's, he's not safe. I mean, shoot, read the Bible. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the, if the Bible was a movie, it wouldn't be rated G. Uh-uh. Absolutely. That's good. That's a good quote. If you could go back and give your 20-year-old self one word to focus on, what would you tell yourself? Um, don't be an idiot. Just like, like try to it's like, just talk to people who are smarter than you and then actually listen to what they say. Um, but my, it doesn't matter. Like, my 20 year self probably wouldn't have listened to that. So yeah, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Less is more. Now that's what I would have told my 20 year old self. Less is more, man. Less, Less is, is more. more. You can't be great at everything. Less is more. Chill out. Absolutely. So this podcast is called thrive. So what one daily action helps you thrive in your life? And I know you talked about the morning routine and almost everyone that I interview and the caliber of people I interview always say, Oh, I make time to sit down and read the Bible. So that's the given. That's like the staple statement. So besides reading the Bible, I know that it could be the one one daily action you do, but kind of what else helps you thrive in your life? Yeah. So some something that we haven't talked about 
So, you know, the, the morning routine aside, I would say the days, and this is something that I'm really working on the days where I just put the phone down, put the phone on silent, put the phone down, be present with my family when I'm at home. Like those, those are good days. You know what I mean? Those are really, really good days. That's awesome. And so I got one more that kind of transitions into the next person um, that I can interview. But if, is there someone else, you know, that I should know or someone else that I benefit from asking these questions to? Absolutely. So, I mean, how many guys you want? I mean, um, that's what, that's, what's cool about this is because I get different um, experiences from different people, but cause then, I mean, your recommendation was off of coach Rose and then coach Rose. So like, it's just cool how, how to see the, the lineage and the path of people. And so, I mean, I've had people give me one, I've had people give me zero. I've had people give me three. So, I mean, whoever you think would be uh, just great wisdom that I could take and give to people and kind of give to myself that I would benefit from asking these questions too. All right. So I'm going to give you a couple. So Jeff Clark is the associate head coach at Indiana Wesleyan. Um, Jeff is one of the wisest people that I've ever met. Um, Omar Mance is the head coach at Trevecca Nazarene. Omar is one of the most like inspiring people that I've ever met. Like you'll, you'll interview Jeff and you'll get to, you'll get done with that interview and you'll be like, ah, man, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, (laughs) I don't know anything. You'll, you'll interview Omar, you'll get done with that. And you'll be like, I'm ready to take all of the things that Jeff just told me and then just go, just run through a brick wall. You'll be so excited. Um, My AD, my boss, Dr. Tim Sedgel would be really good. Um, He's a real, he's a young AD. Um, but he's got really, he's got some really cool perspective on some stuff. And then there's a guy. So I had like a, a mentor in when I was in Goshen, there's a guy named Dave Bayless and he helps run a company. I'm a basketball coach, so I don't even know what they do. Um, but he helps run a company and he is one of those guys where it's just like, I gravitated toward him because I was like, man, like when I get, I want to be you when I grow up, like, I want to, I want to do what you do. I'm not like, his job but just like I want to have the energy and the passion and you know mm-hmm. just be willing to I mean he's just he's a stud and so I can get you his contact information if you want but like he's a he's an absolute stud um Absolutely. yeah there's there's so many people out there man that are just you yeah know, if you could I would nobody love knows to, about yeah to have their numbers or if you could reach out to them to see if I mean I could reach out to them too but if you could kind of put in a word and see if they would um, I mean I'd love to do all four if you could but kind of see if they're interested and then maybe kind of hook me up with their contact information. Maybe if I could reach out to. Sure thing. And then you got, I mean, you got to do your coach. You got to do coach. Oh, he was, he already did. He's coming out in two weeks. Okay. All right. I was about to say like, that's (laughs) for sure. For sure. You got to like that one. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the last one I have, um, not, not really a question, but more of a statement. I know we just met and I say this to everyone, but genuinely, if I can add value to your life at any point, please don't hesitate to call or reach out. Appreciate it, Rod. This was fun, man. Absolutely. I appreciate all your time uh, you took to take to let me interview you and your wisdom and insight. And I, I had a great time. Can't wait to share. Awesome. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Amen. Thank you, too. Appreciate it.